welcome back welcome back it is officially march 27th and this is our 50th episode yes 12 14 in the morning and yes this is our 50th episode y'all 50th episode yay where's the where's the cheer music hey baby you snuck up in she snuck over here and threw me off for a second. I was like, who is this up in here? Uh, <laughs> this is, yeah, we're on the last chapter of uh, Genesis, BB. You came at the, just the right time, I guess. I was just saying, somebody over here bumping uh, Beyonce, who run the world, girls. You like that song? You like Beyonce, BB? You like, you like Beyonce's child? Thank you. I thank you. I got my cheerleader over there. <laughs> my eyeballs. Yeah, somebody over there bumping it. I think it's these dudes. I really think it's these dudes bumping the song. That's what's throwing me off. Because I was looking, I was like, where is the music coming from? And the only possible explanation is this car full of dudes, white dudes at that. It's like three of them, three or four deep in this car. And they were bumping Beyonce's because now the music stopped and they laughing. I think it's these dudes. They were bumping Beyonce who run the world. Girls. <laughs> Oh man, anyway, anyway, let me get to this. See, I need this. I'm getting distracted. That's why I normally do this at the house or in the parking lot or where I, the part of the place I stay, but I don't know. I just been coming over here because like the lighting is better and I don't have to have my engine running and waste gas or spend gas or whatever. Anyway, <sighs> people are hilarious, BB. Like, I want to do a podcast one day where all I do is just sit in the parking. Like, I go to like random places, I, like even at a park bench, like downtown, and just sit there and people watch and just like do like a play by play of the people that I see and the things that I, you know, notice. People are hilarious. They really are. You see some strange stuff. Um, I'm just in a gas station parking lot and I'm already entertained. So. All right, I'm going to read... You know what? I'm going to read Psalm 27 again since you're in here. I'm going to pray this over you, BB. Because I just did this over everybody else. But this, this time I'm going to pray it over... Uh, since you up in here, I'm just going to knock it out. Oh, she about to leave. I think you left. Oh, no, you back. It's weird. It, like, shows you gone, and then it shows you back. Shows you gone, and you back. A little number up there. Unless you about to leave. You at least gonna get this blessing. Uh, <clears throat> all right, here we go. Psalm twenty-seven: The Lord is your light and your salvation. What in the world are they playing? I don't know what that is. Says it's having trouble. Keeps pausing. Ah, oh, my bad. It might be because I got three bars. My bad, BB. I'm still going to pray this blessing over you real quick. Uh, even if you can't um, watch. Yeah, it's probably because I have. Uh, yeah, I only got yeah, three bars on this phone right now. I'm saying my signal. Uh, let's see here. The Lord is your light and your salvation. Whom shall you fear? The Lord is your stronghold of your life. Whom should you dread? Uh, when evildoers come against you to devour your flesh i don't know anybody trying to devour your flesh flesh i hope not i hope not uh your foes and your enemies stumble and fall yep especially satan and his demons they, they all stumble and fall when they come after you 
Though an army deploys against you, your heart will be not will not be afraid. Though a war breaks out against you, you will not be you will still be confident. You have you have one you have asked this one thing many times, BB, from the Lord. It is what you desire to dwell in his house, the house of the Lord, all the days of your life. Man, y'all are throwing my whole vibe off over here with this music. Yeah. Oh, man. Sorry, y'all. I apologize. People have no manners. Can't y'all see I got a show going on over here? I'm trying to pray for my friend. Y'all just messing everything up. Anyway. <laughs> Usa, let's bring it back. Ah, oh, good, 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 good. I'm glad you, I can hear they stuff, but I'm glad y'all can. Yeah, good. That's good. It's just focus. It's just, it is causing me not to. Yeah, I'm struggling to focus. All right. You have asked one thing from the Lord, BB, many times in your life. It is what you desire the most to dwell, not more than money, more than nice cars, more than Prada purses, more than whatever the latest shoe is that you like. More than your favorite meal, crawfish, more than crawfish, more than crawfish, baby, more than a husband, more than whatever. Fill in the blank. <laughs> more than any of those things I just mentioned and anything else that is in your desire of your heart. You desire to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of your life. So do I. Gazing on the beauty of the Lord. And seeking him in his temple. For you, for he, God, he will conceal you in his shelter in the days of adversity. And he will continue to hide you under the cover of his tent. He will set you on a high rock. He will set you high on a rock. And then your head will be high above your enemies around you. You will offer sacrifices in his tent with shouts of joy. You will sing and make music to the Lord. Can you sing, BB? I can't. I don't know if you can sing. I want to hear you sing a song or something. Oh, yeah. I heard you sing before. Yeah, you can sing. Yeah, you can sing. I heard you. You had that whole um, Trinity 5-7 sound going on. You remember Trinity 5-7? Anyway, let me keep going. Verse 7. Lord, hear her voice when she calls and be gracious to her and answer her. Her heart says this about you. Seek his face. Her heart desires to seek your face, Lord. Lord, she will seek your face. Do not hide your face from her. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been her helper. Do not leave her or abandon her. God of her salvation, even if her father and mother abandon her. Uh-huh. Even if her father and mother abandon her, the Lord cares for her. Because of her adversaries, because of her adversaries, show her your way, Lord, and lead her on a level path, God. Do not give her over to the will of her foes, for false witnesses rise up against her, breathing violence. Yes, Satan is the accuser. That's why I said earlier, he's the accuser. And his demons accuse it. Even our own flesh accuses us at times and reminds us of our old nature, God. And and uh, as witnesses, like in a courtroom, making false witnesses and false testimonies. Lord, your defense, Lord, as our public defender, 
and uh, the great cloud of witnesses is our that are in heaven, Lord. They all testify to your goodness and why we are justified by grace and grace alone, a gift that's not earned, it's freely given. And lastly, Lord, we are certain, I am certain, God, that BB will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. She will see your goodness in the land of the living and she will wait on you, Lord. She'll be strong and let her heart continue to be courageous and wait for you, Lord. Continue to wait patiently for you. There you go. That's Psalm 27. One of those power scriptures. It's one of those power scriptures, especially that one wait on the Lord and be strong and courageous. But in that other part, yeah, even though my father, this is like, that is like a very, that's a, that's an evangelism script, evangelism scripture for kids. And you know, you know, there's a lot of people that don't have fathers and mothers. Like, even though my father and mother abandoned me, what does the rest of that say? Yeah. The Lord cares for me. Yeah. Even though my father and mother abandoned me, the Lord cares for me. All right. It, that was just the uh, that was just the introduction, BB. If you want to leave now, you can. I'm about to uh, read Genesis 50. Uh, I'm gonna actually. I'm not. I'm gonna try not to make it too long. I read this yesterday or a day before. Thanks so much. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mainly read it because today is the 27th. But hey, you ahead of the game over there. So, so yeah, Genesis 49, we just read that just to do a quick recap. I try to do recaps at the beginning of these. Uh, he, basically, Jacob was about to die and he gave the blessings to all 12 of the kids. And uh, in order of how I would rank who got the best blessing, Joseph was number one because he said he'd be a fruitful vine. And uh, Judah is actually second, which is shocking because Judah is the one who sold Joseph into slavery. But God, because he repented later on, uh, God chose Judah to be the lion of Judah that Jesus would ultimately come through. Um, Jesus would because David ends up coming from uh, Judah, his bloodline. And then Jesus eventually is going to come through, you know, David. And so. I love that song. Yeah. Hell, hell, line of Judah. How wonderful you are. Yeah. So like, um, yeah, it is crazy. Like here we already see a foreshadowing of Jesus. Like verse 11 says he ties his donkey to a vine and the colt of his donkey to the choice vine. He washes his clothes in wine and his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine and his teeth are wider than milk. Jesus had a nice smile. He had a, a crest smile. And uh, yeah, and yeah, the scepter will not depart from Judah or the staff from between his feet, even though some crazy kings came out from Judah, like Saul, he came from the line. I didn't realize Saul came from the line of Judah. And also the apostle Paul, whose name was Saul, comes from the line. I oh, know. No, hold on. What did? No. Where, yeah. Am I right? Am I right? No. Who came? I'm tripping. Hold on a second. No, 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 no. My bad. My bad. My bad. Was it 27? Benjamin. King Saul, who was trying to hunt down David, he came from Benj the Benjamites. And Paul came from the Benjamites. But David and, and Jesus came from, from Judah. You would think he would have came from Joseph. But he came from Judah. 
anyway, yeah, in rank of order, Joseph, then Judah, and then the other blessings I love are uh, are uh, Asher's next because he it says Asher's food will be rich and he will produce royal delicacies. So he yeah he yeah food food was like their blessing, and then Naphtali. Uh, he lives, he says, is a doe set free that bears beautiful fawns. So, yeah, they're free. And yeah, but the rest of these ble- these other uh, prophecies that he makes about his sons, the other 12 tri- sons of Israel, they don't look good. Like one of them, they like have to be fishermen for the rest of their lives. It's a car. They got donkeys. And yeah, anyway. Yeah, go back. I encourage you all to go back and read Genesis 49. It's pretty good. This talks about the dissing. I love blessing time when it goes over the blessings. All right. We're already 13 minutes into this. So let's go to Genesis 50. Let's go. Uh, and then Joseph, Jacob's burial. Then Joseph, leaning over his father's face, wept and kissed him. He commanded his servants who were physicians to embalm his father. So they embalmed Israel. They took 40 days to complete this for embalming takes that long. And the Egyptians mourned for him 70 days. I'm going to keep reading and then I'll read the note down here. Two things that stand out just off the top of my head is 40 days. Once again, that's like a number of completeness, um, a number of testing. There's a lot of significance to 40. Like, yeah, 40 days, 40 nights. We talked about that earlier. We're Noah, um, children in the wilderness, children of Israel, 40 years. Yeah. Every time 40 comes out, I'm just going to point it out. Uh, and then, yeah, 70 days. The fact that Egyptians mourned 70 days over this man. I don't know any like I got cousins who we highly respect and grandpa special man. We didn't mourn 70 days over him anyway. All right. Verse four. When the days of mourning were over, Joseph said to Pharaoh's household, if I have found favor with you, please tell Pharaoh that my father made me take an oath saying I am about to die. You must bury me there in the tomb that I made for myself in the land of Canaan. Now let me go and bury my father, then I will return. So Pharaoh said, go and bury your father in keeping with your oath. Verse 7, then Joseph went to bury his father and all Pharaoh's servants, the elders of his household, and all the elders of the land of Egypt went with him, along with all of Joseph's family, his brothers and his father's family. Only their dependents, their flocks, and their herds were left in the land of Goshen. Horses and chariots went up with him. It was a very impressive impressive procession when they reached the threshing floor or atad which is across the jordan they lamented and wept loudly and joseph mourned seven days for his father seven days Hmm. when the canaanite inhabitants of the land saw the mourning at the threshing floor of atad they said this is a solemn mourning on the part of the egyptians therefore the place is named abel mizraim i think i said that right it is across the Jordan. So verse 12. So Jacob's sons did for him what he had commanded them. They carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave at Machpelah in the field near Mamre, which Abraham had purchased as burial property from Ephron, the Hittite. After Joseph buried his father, he returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had gone with him to bury his father. What's up, Raven Models? Welcome to the broadcast. How are you doing? We're just reading, I'm reading Genesis 50, if you want to follow along. This is the very last, well, 
this is the 50th episode. It's pretty crazy. We've gone through, we've already gone through the entire book of Genesis and we're at the end. So uh, we're talking about Jacob and his burial. Uh, let's see here. Let read this note. Joseph ensured that Jacob was embalmed after the style of Egyptian royalty. The entire nation mourned for Jacob 70 days, a phenomenal show of respect by the Egyptians. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Joseph obeyed his father's dying wishes, taking his body back to the land of Canaan for burial. So, um, what was I going to say? I, I was in California when Nipsey... The day, my last day in California was the day Nipsey Hussle died. Or, well, he had died a few days before that. But it was the day of his funeral. Like, where they did the whole, like, um, I'm not a Nipsey Hussle fan. For those of y'all that are, I'm just throwing it out there. That was, like, people were treating this dude like, it reminds me of, jo- of, uh, of Jacob. Like, they had, it's raining, by the way. This is this noise you hear. If you didn't, couldn't figure that out, figure that out. But uh, like they were treating this dude like people love some Nipsey Hustle in L.A. And yeah, that it was crazy. I actually walked up to the um, Staples Center that day and stood outside of Staples Center um, and just saw it was like a circus show. It was weird. But there was a lot of people they, like they they packed out Staples Center for that man's funeral. It's wild to think about. Anyway, it's a, like a mate. It's amazing that somebody that is, I'm sorry. He, I know he did a lot of things for his community. He was a big time rapper. And um, it's just crazy, though, like how many people revered that man. And there was a big old funeral for him. Anyway, I'm kind of getting sidetracked. I just thought of that when I was thinking about it. They said it was a big old procession. All right. Um, let's see here. Joseph's kindness. When Joseph's brothers saw, verse 15, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said to one another, if Joseph is holding a grudge against us, he will certainly repay us for all the suffering we caused him. Yeah, you think? Verse 16. So they sent this message to Joseph before he died. Your father gave a command. Say this to Joseph. Please forgive your brother's transgression and their sin, the suffering they caused you. Therefore, please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when their message came to him. His brothers also came to him, bowed down before him and said, we are your slaves. Hold on. Did he? I don't think Jacob actually made this message. I think they made this up. If I, I don't know if I missed something here. I'm read this note real quick. It says the brothers were scared, so they lied. Yes, yeah, yeah. See, that's what I thought. They sent a man. <laughs> they were scared. They made up a whole. This is a lying boy. I want to do like these. Uh, I don't know if you still hear BB, but I want to do these like series on like particular things, like words and like characters and people in the Bible. Like eventually, I want to do a whole series of just talking about donkeys in the Bible, like. um what is it? I just thought of it. Balaam. Balaam, that's the dude. I couldn't think of him in the last episode. Like Balaam and him beating his donkey. Um, and how Jesus rode, rode like on a colt, a donkey. Like, and just all these stories about donkey, the talking donkey. Yeah, Balaam's donkey. This donkeys. Donkeys are very significant in the Bible. I don't, 
I, I don't know. I, I want to do like a study on donkeys and I want to do a study on lying. Like all the times people lied. And this this whole family was a lying family. They lied a lot. And here they made up a lie. Yeah. So that Joseph would <laughs> would, would go easy on them, saying, Daddy, daddy said that daddy said <laughs> before his last dying. And they used. And that's what's crazy, too. It's like, you know, they like, you know how parents have their last dying wish that they have for their kids. They use that to help them. So it's crazy. They use they played on Joseph's emotions because, you know, your daddy just died. Of course, you're going to be like, yeah, whatever daddy says, I'm going to do it because I want to, you know. Anyway, you know what I mean? You know what I mean, BB? All right. So. Where was I? Please forgive the brothers. Yeah, all right. Yes, they said, please forgive your brother's transgression. They even reverted to the same posture they assumed when they first came to Egypt, bowing down before Joseph. Wow. All right. Verse 19. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I am I in the place of God? Yes. I love that. He said that Joseph is so humble. He said, you planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. Therefore, don't be afraid. I will take care of you and your children. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. It's like Joseph had no bitterness in his heart. I'm going to read this note. It says, Joseph had discovered the secret forgive, discovered the secret of forgiving your enemies. Like if you ever have trouble with forgiving somebody or, you know, somebody else struggling with forgiveness, just turn them over to the whole story of Joseph and especially Genesis 50 at the end, starting at verse 22. I mean, verse 15 through 21. Vengeance belongs to him. And the longer we cherish an unforgiving attitude in our hearts, the more we harm ourselves. Unforgiveness acts like a leash that keeps snapping us back painfully to the past. Only when we choose to let God be the God of vengeance and take ourselves off that lofty throne does the leash disappear allowing us to march forward toward the destiny God has in store for us, which will always include bringing kingdom benefits to the lives to the lives of others. So for me, a way I know I've forgiven somebody is just like I it's like you. They used to, I don't know if you remember this show, uh, BB called Forgive and Forget with Mother Love. Yeah. And they had the opportunity to like forgive the person and forget. Yeah. Anyway. I think about that show a lot and just, yeah, a way I know I've forgiven somebody is I don't, I've, I've forgotten it, but it's like you, yeah, look up this show on YouTube one of these days. It's called Forgive and Forget. And I can't even remember the full format of the show, but basically people would tell this story about some way they wronged somebody. And then that other person will come back like years later. They hadn't seen them. Like it could be their daddy. And they hadn't for, ever forgiven them for something they did. And they, and if the person forgave them, then, and forget, forgot it or whatever, um, they would be standing behind that curtain or whatever when the curtain unfolded. If they didn't, then the person would not be there. It's hard to explain. You have to watch the show to know what I'm talking about. But like, it was, just, it was one of them shows that came on late at night as a kid. I don't know why I would be up late watching these like shows. Like, yeah, that... 
Showtime at the Apollo, you know, Jerry Springer sometimes. I'm not proud of that one. Anyway, it was a good show. You should check it out. But uh, yeah, like a good way of knowing. I've had I've even brought up stuff to people before and they like, I forgot you even did that, Aaron. Like, I'm like, oh, I'll apologize for things. And they'll be like, I totally forgot. And I think the deeper the hurt is and the closer that person is to you, the more it, and it, I feel like you need to at least acknowledge it, right? To get healing and, you know, bring it to the Lord. But ultimately, once you, the way you really know you've forgiven that person is like, even if it comes back to your memory, the thought of what they did, the way they wronged you comes back to your memory. It doesn't sting as bad. Like it doesn't hurt as bad. Like you don't stew in it and you don't like, throw it up constantly like, i struggle with that and after my divorce there's still some things i notice it when i'm talking about different old stories i like start going into mr like sarcastic mode like and it's not good i'm like oh ew, that's ugly i need to change that lord i need like and i just i give it to the lord like lord help like I, i'm giving this to you because it's ugly and it hurts so make me more like joseph and more like you jesus that's that's my prayer so Yes. I read that note. We read that that verse. All right, let's close it out. Joseph's death. Verse 22. It's interesting they went straight from Jacob talking about Jacob's death and they talk about Joseph's death. But Joseph gets mentioned later. Anyway, I'm fast forwarding. We'll, We'll just finish this out. All right. Joseph and his father's family remained in Egypt. Joseph lived 110 years. He saw Ephraim's sons to the third generation. That's a blessing. You get to see your kids to the third generation. The sons of Manasseh's son, Maker, or Maker, some people say, were recognized by Joseph. Or uh, were born on the knees of or referring to a ritual of adoption or legitimization or a le- Hmm. Our legitimation. Hmm. So it says, yeah, I guess Mac Maker, Manasseh's son Maker was was uh was adopted. I guess I got to read more on that later. So our verse 24, Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die, but God will certainly come to your aid and bring you up from this land to the land he swore to give to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. So Joseph made the sons of Israel take an oath. When God comes to your aid, you are to carry my bones up from here. Joseph died at the age of 110. They embalmed him and placed him in a coffin in Egypt. It's interesting because earlier that one episode I was saying how God's uh, after Noah, he said no man will live past 120 years old. But Jacob, I believe, was the one who lived 130 I'm not going to fact check that. Y'all can look that up on your own. But anyway, let's close it out. Any other notes? Oh, it says, uh, oh, yeah, we got two more notes. When the time came for Joseph to die, he remembered the promises made to his forefathers. Thus, he made his brothers promise to carry his bones to the promised land. Years later, the Israelites did so. See Exodus 13, 19 and Joshua 24, 32. All right. I'm going to read this one little section and then close it out with prayer. Thank you so much for hanging out here, BB. It always makes this uh, go by like a lot. I don't know. I feel like I'm actually talking to somebody and not uh, myself. So I appreciate you being in here. It's always usually like one person at a time, too, when when y'all are in here. 
It's never like a group of people. But hey, I'm actually I do better at one on one. So kingdom living personal when when you feel stuck. This is a note from Tony Evans. He has all these like cool little like kingdom living. Uh, I'll show you. You can see kingdom living little notes and stuff. So there you go. It's really I really love this Bible. I'm glad I got it. I got one for my brother, too. He likes it. All right. The life of Joseph provides a perfect example of how life's disappointments can actually be detours in disguise. Tell me about it. When Joseph was 17, God gave him a series of dreams telling him that one day he would rule over his brothers. Joseph told his siblings about these dreams and in their jealousy and anger, they threw him in a deep pit and left him for dead. Shortly thereafter, he was sold into slavery, and while serving, he was falsely accused of raping his master's wife and was thrown into prison. In total, Joseph spent 13 years enduring one, enduring, I start, sorry, I struggle with my R words, enduring one disappointment after another before God left him out of the, led him out of the pit and into the palace of Pharaoh. So yeah, God led Joseph into the pit and he also led him out of it. Like God knew Joseph was going to go to that pit long ago before he even made Joseph. And yeah, from the pit to the palace of Pharaoh. But why would he put him through all that? Yes, why God? These disappointments in Joseph's life were the very events through which God prepared the man for his destiny and the destiny for that for the man. Wow. That these are very events are, are through which God prepared the man for his destiny and the destiny so he prepared him for his destiny and the destiny was prepared for Joseph. So I just got to keep believing and staying on like all these little things that I've been through up leading up to now. Prepare all prepared and are preparing me for my destiny. And the destiny is being prepared for me at the same time. It's like all simultaneous is yeah, simultaneous. Man, as a 17 year old, he wasn't ready for all that. As a 17 year old, he wasn't ready for all God had in store for him. So, yeah, he was 17. He was sold in there and he spent 13 years. So, yeah, that's three. Yeah, 30. He was 30 when he got. Yeah, he was 30 when God when when uh, Pharaoh promoted him to be second in command and gave him the signet ring and all that stuff. So God also needed to set the stage. Let me say that one more time. As a 17 year old. He wasn't ready for all that God had in store for him. God also needed to set the stage for Joseph's arrival. After all, it wasn't until Pharaoh had his own dreams and could find no one in his kingdom to interpret them that God delivered Joseph from prison and into his destiny. His disappointments were in, in fact blessings. And Joseph acknowledges this when he tells his brothers, you planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. You also have a destiny. You, BB, have a destiny. All you people listening on this podcast, y'all have a destiny. Maybe you've been waiting for God to lead you into it. Yep. But lately, it seems as though you're going nowhere or you're stuck in a rut. Yes. Yes, God, that's me. That's me, oh, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, not my father, but it's me, oh, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. I'm stuck in a rut. <laughs> nah, I ain't stuck. I'm just right where God wants me. All right. It looks like you're moving further away from your destiny or just not moving at all. Like, God, you can move this along a little faster anytime you want. 
But it's like at the same time, he's setting the stage. So they're like that that's setting the stage. Like I can agree with the I can I can agree with the first part that you're being prepared for your destiny. I don't have a problem with that. I understand that. It's the patience of waiting for him to set the stage of the events. Like there are things that have to take place for you to walk into your destiny. And like sometimes we want to rush it. And it's like, no, homie, wait. It's coming. Just wait. Just wait. Like this wait do you trust god do you trust that he is setting the stage that he's preparing you for your he's he's preparing you for your destiny and he's preparing the destiny for you i need to keep saying that i'm gonna keep quoting that over and over again i mean like pray that every morning like god i trust that you are prepared preparing me for my destiny and while i'm waiting patiently on you the destiny my destiny is being prepared for me not just in eternity but here on earth as well. So. All right. Where is it? What is it? Uh, uh, uh. Yes. It looks like you're moving further away from your destiny. And in those moments, in those moments, disappointment can set in. Yep. Do not lose heart. God hasn't forgotten about you. He just he's just not taking you there in a straight line. Trust the detours God brings your way. He uses them to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this, this, these notes, this scripture, this entire Genesis 1 through 50. It's been a, a, it's been a fun ride. I've enjoyed. I want to go back and read it again. But we got to go on to the Exodus. We'll eventually come back to Genesis. But uh, yeah, I thank you, Lord, for this word. I thank you, God, that you once again. You're preparing us for our destiny and our destiny is being prepared for us. Help us to be patient. And uh, I lift up everyone that's listening, God, for those that don't know you, God, I pray that they would ask you into their heart to simply pray, Jesus, come into my heart. Make me a new creation. Change me. Transform me. And I'm ready to turn away from my ways and follow your ways, God. I pray that they would... um, find somebody a pastor or somebody uh an elder a deacon somebody that can baptize them in in the presence um of of some other witnesses god is an outward demonstration of their faith in you god that they um are no longer following their old life but they uh have been raised to a new life and uh this is john the baptist was baptized and you were baptized jesus and um not that that is our salvation we're not saved by our baptism god but it's just an outward demonstration of that god and um i also pray um that they would be surrounded by just other people lord other uh a church family a church body an ecclesia of people that can um help them grow in their faith god and i pray for those of us who have known you for years lord that have a relationship with you god that it would just be fresh just like a it's like in a marriage, God, you got to take do things to make it new and fresh and date each other. And I just pray, God, that people would begin to know you, that they would turn their hearts back to you, God, and and really treat you or just just talk to you, God, and and listen to you, God, and and go back to their first love, God, and just um, spend time with you, just you, God, and um remove all the distractions and all the different things we have going on and just even if it's for 10 minutes god just 
go to a quiet place and just spend time in your presence, Lord, and just realize that we're in your presence all day long. In uh, Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. All right, BB. That was fun. I could do this like for all day, for real. Like if I wasn't tired, I would really go through this entire Bible like in a week if you let me. But I got other stuff going on. So I don't know. One of these days I might do a marathon of just knocking out like an entire book. So. But I like to. That's why it's called Chew the Bible. This is like a this is like, you know, it's not a race. It's not a sprint. Just chewing on it, enjoying it. So anyway, thank y'all for listening. God bless y'all. Have a wonderful day and enjoy your rest of your weekend. And uh, God bless y'all. Take care.
just want you and nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you, nothing else, nothing else, Jesus, nothing else will do. I just want you. Jesus, you don't know 